0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm
1: doing all right. Thank you for asking. Well,
0: you're welcome. You're welcome. In case you did not know, this is Team Chat Podcast this is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. You can catch new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. is when the posts go out, but they're usually a little live. Set to go out before that a little bit. So, you know, Tuesday morning, basically, you can get it. And you can get those across podcast services around the web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, a couple other different places. You can check out the full list at teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen. You can also watch each episode on YouTube and Twitch. Also, special shout out. I know it's a little bit of special circumstances because of our PS4 giveaway that you can still go out and All enter now. Right. But we hit over 100 YouTube subscribers, that and I could not be
1: happier. Yes! So, we finally <laughs> can get that
0: sweet, sweet, sweet custom URL so we don't have to have a stupid, stupid, stupid amount of letters and numbers that follow YouTube.com slash. Yeah. So, we're now YouTube.com slash C slash Team Chat Podcast. It's simple. It's easy. It's easy to find. And you can come watch us now every single week, Tuesdays. Boom. So
1: thank you, a special, yes. thank, you special thank you to everyone that has everyone. followed the because channel recently. The giveaway is working. It is. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you'll stick around post giveaway. Because I mean, we would love
0: that. Hopefully Jesus. this gives we, you the intro- the introduction to us in our in our show. We, we hope you stick around and love it. That'd be great. Wait, <laughs> we not- want. How long after they unsubscribe do we lose the URL? I'm hoping we don't. I hope now it's just in perpetuity. <laughs> we have I hope it. So. Because a couple of the other YouTube things, as long as you hit the milestone, they don't take it away. So I'm hoping that this is one of them. Okay. So I think we're okay.
1: Uh, so if some of you could like stick around, that'd be super.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, we love having you here. We'll hope you join us. And so a part of this, too, now that you can join us, you know, uh, you can also email us at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube and Twitch, where you can watch this, where you can watch the episodes. And aside from that, we're also a completely listener-supported show. And now we do have a slight change on this also. Usually you can go to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, We'll give you a cool perk, like getting the episode early before the general Tuesday release. We have two tiers on there. We have the $1 tier, which gives you the audio version of each episode before a Tuesday. I usually put them out Monday morning, so a day before. I'm thinking about trying to give a little bit more wiggle room, but for now, it's Monday morning. And then you also, on the $5 tier, you can get the video early Monday morning as well. Another perk that we were putting out there was that you would then get access to our private uh, Discord channel. Now, here's the thing about that. We wanted, we're gonna change that up now to where we're opening the Discord up to everyone. But we don't want to feel like our patrons are losing something, so we're still setting up a patron-only channel in our Discord. Where everyone who is a patron will be able to come on there, join us, and have a have a, you know, a little bit extra level of privacy and, and intimacy, I guess so you right could say now, with us.
1: Yeah, exactly. So right now you Because 'cause we're I, so special. We're so special. You know. So right now Jared and I have our uh basically team chat host only uh channel, which is called Wizards Only Fools. Yes. Which if you're a fan of the show Adventure Time. Which sure so it is, so it I doesn't guess. make any okay. <laughs> sense, but it actually is from Adventure Time. I just love because uh, we were wizards. No, it's Brilliant actually wizards. not. It's from a very dated reference to Adventure Time. Uh, right. But that's the Wizards Only Fools. But I'm thinking that we'll call the new patron-only channel... Because I want
0: to keep that for us, because we talk yeah, about a lot of like, yeah. planning stuff. Why
1: don't we call it like, the Rogues Gallery or Ooh, something? Yeah, what do you think about I like that? that? I like because that. Because we can pretend that Wizards Only Fools is actually talking about D&D class wizard characters, there we in go. which case the rogues gallery would naturally be the Which not only be being a beloved types. class
0: in many RPGs, there's also roguelite exactly. games and stuff like that. So it has a lot of applicable exactly. meanings.
1: So I'm thinking the rogues gallery. That yeah. might be a good thing like for that. us to... But yeah, patrons, you can totally submit your requests for what you want your fancy new channel to be called. Boom. We're open to suggestions.
0: So we'll work out a little bit how to keep the like patron exclusivity within that Discord channel. But we wanted to go ahead and make the official announcement that we are opening... The Discord channel. So we'll be posting those links. Look out. Well, you might have actually already seen them by the time this episode comes out, but uh, go to our social media. We'll be posting a link up there and you should be able to find it. If not, message us, request the link to join, and we'll send that your way.
1: Yeah, happily.
0: Boom. All right. All well, right. before we get into our main topic of the day, Let's speed through some news. We
1: do have a little bit of news to cover. So, for starters, a game that you've heard both Jared and I talk about that we are both extremely excited about, out now. So, this will technically be old news as of this episode's air date, but it's so important to both of us that I feel like we should talk about it anyways. Out now is Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch. Again, Octopath Traveler is a game from the same studio that made Bravely Default and Bravely Second. it is looking like one of the greatest JRPGs, at least of 2018, potentially of the past decade <laughs> of at least maybe. The year. <laughs> of at least the year, yeah. So we're both really excited about it. So out now is Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch. Out today, as of this episode's air date, which if I'm not mistaken is July 17th. It is we again. have actually that's really weird. Uh, we have Adventure Time. Oh. That's really weird. <laughs> That's specifically fitting. We have Adventure Time: Pirates of the Enchiridion. It's a good thing I'm a fan of Adventure Time that I could pronounce that word. Good. I'm glad. Just off the cuff. I'm glad
0: between the two of us we cover enough bases in fandom.
1: <laughs> so Adventure Time. To know these things. I think I cover the weeb spectrum, and you cover like the semi-normal person spectrum. Uh, but anyways, Adventure Time: Pirates of the Enchiridion for PS4, Xbox One, Switch. And PC July 17th. We also have Hand of Fate 2 for the Switch today as well. Nice. Uh, Coming out today as well, uh, Sonic Mania Plus for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We also have Mother Gun Ship. One word. I've heard of this game all one word, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then coming soon, we have Pool Panic for Switch and PC, July 19th. We also have The Banner Saga 3 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, July 24th. That
0: game series has interested me. It's the, been one I've wanted to jump into, But not only because it looks like it's a series I would enjoy due to the t- subject matter, it's also uh, music composed by Austin Wintory.
1: And I've always thought that the... Uh, the focus of the banner saga in terms of its historical context. I was like, Jared would probably really I know. Like
0: that. I've been all over it, but it's again, it's, you, got,
1: you, should, you probably should pick. visit that. And then we have the Mega Man X Legacy Collection one. I know that at least Bro Mogan is excited about this. Me and him both for PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Also July 24th, Mega Man X Legacy Collection. Two. Oh my gosh. It's different for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Also, July 24th, we have just a couple more. Bear with me. No Man's Sky for the Xbox big One, July 24th, and then followed shortly by Train Sim. World.
0: I'm going to be very interested to see how well No Man's Sky does on Xbox. I am too, For because a minute, everyone I thought you were already that you
1: were really psyched about Train Sim. No, world. I'm glad not to really see at that all. wasn't the case.
0: <laughs> I'm just more interested to see with with No Man's Sky because everybody already knows the issues that PS4 players had with it. So is that going to immediately just go ahead and turn off a lot of people's interest in it, or are people now because they did have that big update, or the big update will be coming out with the release on Xbox One? Is that going to be enough for people to be like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot again, or I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a shot for the first time players.
1: Ironically, I feel like now would actually be the ideal time to get into No Man's Sky. Because presumably enough time has passed that they've been able to fix a lot of the issues yeah. that the original release had. And now that it's kind of... It's obviously and I'm pretty a, sure there's
0: multiplayer now with this update. It
1: may be multiplayer, but if I'm not mistaken, it is not cross-platform. No, it's not cla-
0: cross-platform. So Ooh. it's not cross-platform. Pro-
1: cross-platform but yeah, obviously like that's that, still kind of a new... a new con- uh, right. what, what am I trying to say? Here? A new concept. I was trying to say the word concept context but i knew that wasn't right uh anyway so no man's resident
0: no man's sky expert let Dylan us know Biles. are you still playing should people still play well, should have new have people play i know
1: yeah it's been a while it's too bad i don't have an xbox uh anyways so train sim world for ps4 xbox one and pc july 24th right along with no man's sky Specifically for Xbox One, July 24th. Boom. And then in anecdotal news, we do have a more recent update about the Overwatch League. This which is big. I'm still a big fan of. I know that a lot of people are like, Overwatch is a dead game. Dude, people will say that Who about that? any game. So for starters, Overwatch as a game has had a lot of really good updates recently. They have, at least on console, finally released the ability to the find group function yes that is fan freaking task it is so the find group function in console games and presumably pc games as well is excellent it gives you the ability to post hey i'm looking for a group specifically for competitive which would be good because i like to
0: jump into competitive every once in a while but like i also don't have a group unless i'm playing with you and bro mogan
1: so that's the thing you can be like hey mics only quick play Arcade. you can really customize it to be, hey, here's my group. I want these people to join me. And you also have the ability to say, oh, by the way, I play flex. Nice. I play DPS. I play defense. I play tank. I play support. And that way, as a searcher, you can identify which groups you might most readily fit into along with their appropriate play levels. So the system is really good for being able to find a rando group of people that you presumably don't already know. I already love it. Nice. The endorsements feature, which is basically so you know, on like top tier
0: like player, I'm not pe- sure I, jump that's off of, true. I jump off the of match, people are just like, dude, you were great for <laughs> endorsements.
1: I don't think that's the every case. Game. Uh, every game. <laughs> uh, anyways, so the endorsements feature, for those of you that may be unfamiliar with this kind of series, Blizzard has done this before for other games. But in the context of Overwatch, endorsements gives you the ability to say, hey, we just finished a match. I want to endorse my own teammate, so and so, for good sportsmanship, uh, being a good teammate, uh, being the shot caller, which is like you're like the person who's in charge, you're the only one on mics, you're like, left! Genji, for God's sake, that shot caller. I've been Genji person a million times Uh trying to get him off the map. Uh, But the endorsement system, I feel like, from a very personal perspective, has led to a lot of active gameplay that is way less toxic good. than before. Good. Which, first of all, console has always been less toxic than PC, for example, but it's still a good change. It mm-hmm. still is very actively incentivizing people to be less crappy teammates, which is exactly what Overwatch needed. And along those same lines, the Overwatch League has just announced that they will be putting uh, the Overwatch League stage, excuse me, season one finals on ESPN, Disney, and... ABC, probably. ABC, you are correct. So ESPN, Disney, and ABC, which are all subsidiary, subsidiaries of... Disney. Disney, will all be airing the Overwatch League Finals, along with Twitch, of course. So Twitch will Which, that's big, because that
0: now officially gets it on TV.
1: I mean, TV. It, it's a real eSport. It yeah. already was, but now it brings it to the next level of public visibility, mm-hmm. which is, again, just really exciting. It's exciting for fans, it's exciting for players, and, of course, for the competitive video gaming scene as a whole that's just exciting news so a plus for that
0: Boom, there we have it. Exciting to see all this new stuff that's going to be coming out of the Overwatch league because of that. I have really enjoyed like getting to be able to endorse people. It adds a little bit more fun uh to it and yeah, i haven't had a chance to really dive into the looking for a group, but i mean it's i'm I'm personally happy that it's there for the times that I do want to take out some some competitive friends. I know so. that
1: it's not appropriate, but I used to be very good at speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. and a lot of the groups i'll see are like uh for spanish speakers only and i'm like man i wish they wish let i was me still in. good i wish i was still good so they'd let me in so i could practice with them but oh that'd obviously, be obviously i know that's not what it's for it's not what the game is for i wish that that were the case but i am unfortunately a poop tier at spanish now <laughs> which is the uh nicely self-censored version of shit here yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately well,
0: there we go that is the case But before we get into our big topic, one last final note. I mentioned it earlier, mentioning it again. Our PS4 giveaway is still going on. So again, for those of you who might not know what it is, or those of you who need a reminder, we're giving away a used PS4 Glacier White Edition. Uh, It was Mogan's old one. She got a new one. We're giving this new one away. Don't worry. It's been professionally cleaned. Kevin has been professionally cleaned, ready for you to play and to add to your gaming collection. So head over to our social media. You can find the link to sign up and enter the contest on several different places. If you can't find it on social media, head over to our website, teamchatpodcast.com, where there is a page up at the top called PS4 Giveaway. Click there, and there will be the way for you to enter a quick note
1: i know that we have a few fans who are of the canadian origin yes this is unfortunately a giveaway that is limited to u.s residents only but within for example a single household there's no limit on how many people in that household can enter so if you've got multiple people in a household you all want to enter to win by all means go on ahead go crazy people
0: our big topic of today is we are finishing up our top 10 games list so shall we before we go in and for our top three games we're doing games three two and one now we did this topic before way back when it's episode 127 now we did this topic way back when in episode one so we
1: were just baby podcasters we children my hair was a lot longer
0: yeah yeah i was fatter yeah. <laughs> a lot of change has, has happened. A lot of changes there were 3 of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are oh. all. Wait, Do-do-do-do. we got a poor one pour not one not really, not but really. we got a metaphor for Zach. Poor one help for Zach.
0: Don't worry, he's still a fine and in great He's health. still around. Um, but anyway, so we're doing our top 3 games. Obviously, let's do a quick refresher of what our previous games have been.
1: Got I so, hope you have the list cuz lord knows i don't remember i
0: mean i don't know yours i would hope that you would be prepared enough to remember. i
1: know that i still know what your number one was and is because you semi-spoiled oh no no me. no! i'm our
0: top 10 list that we've just oh, been doing i want to recap right. those never i don't vice, want to go back to the vice. very beginning oh
1: okay my apologies sorry sorry understand. sorry
0: i could have been more clear um okay so whoop, now if i can only just find my list here we go all right so my top 10 up until this point number 10 donkey kong country Number 10,
1: uh, Metroid Prime 1 for GameCube.
0: My number 9, Red Dead Redemption.
1: My number 9, Rhyme, specifically for PlayStation 4.
0: Number 8, for me, Doom 2016.
1: Number 8, Overwatch.
0: Number 7, Far Cry 3.
1: Number seven, Breath of the Wild. Oh, excuse me, wait. The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, deserves stating.
0: Number six, Call of Duty Modern Warfare.
1: Number six, Pikmin 2 for both GameCube and Wii, equally good.
0: There we go. And then number five, Life is Strange, season one.
1: Number five, The Legend of Dragoon, a previous top three entry.
0: And then, oh yeah, that, I forgot about that. It dropped down quite That's a few. That's right. Number four, Civilization 3 for game specific, but I had to give a special shout out to the whole Civilization
1: series. Number four, Firewatch. Different from Overwatch for those of you that may not much know. Much different They're game, much different tone. Very similar in terms of naming Firewatch for PlayStation 4, but available over multiple platforms.
0: All right, so now we are here to our top three. I'm going to kick it off first.
1: Oh my god, you're taking the initiative. Well, I mean, you know, it's we started almost with number like ten. You're a host of the show and its primary producer. Well, that,
0: those things are true, but also, if we were to go just on switching off, who started? It would be my turn to go first. True, now, true facts. Just keeping up, just keeping up with the well, the process we've set. In By place the way, so
1: that far. was spelled T R U F A X. True facts. True facts. Yeah, not like true facts. I was trying to figure out what what you were spelling. properly. No, it's true facts. True facts. Correct.
0: So my number three game. Do you have any guesses of what it could be?
1: Okay, hold up. I actually do want to guess. I'm glad that you opened the floor for our potential... Pooped here. Now I
0: do want to say though, so that we're not here for three hours. <laughs> let's try to like move keep this moving. Cause okay. I know we could go on for a very long time about all of our games.
1: So I know that I know what your number one is, but can I ask for a couple of hints? Is your number three one that was previously previously in your top three? Yes. Ooh, wait shit. So now I don't remember your previous top three all the way. Okay. Uh damn. <laughs> okay. Um is it a game that you have played within the past two years?
0: It has not come out in the within the last two years, but I have played it within oh, the last two sons years.
1: sons of bitches. Okay, um, shit. Okay, um... Hmm.
0: If you think back and you think about me and you think about my loves and my interests...
1: Star Wars? The Old Republic? No. Damn it! Okay, Star Wars... Close. Uh, Star Wars, um, oh, shit, uh... Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, no. is that not a real game? It is a
0: real game. Both of these games you have mentioned it. are new, okay, are real games. Um,
1: is it a Star Wars game? Yeah. Fuck. Um, I give up. I don't know all the Star Wars games. It
0: is Star Wars. Dark Forces.
1: Oh, for God's sake! I was I've talked so about close. this game so many times. Dang it! I couldn't remember the title. So, Star Wars: Dark Forces
0: is an old game. Uh, it came out quite a few years ago, 1995
1: to be exact. So, it preserved its spot on the top it three. It Very nice.
0: And this one is one. Gr- granted, I'm not. It's not up here for its graphical quality by any means. It's and and quite honestly, for what it is, it's not necessarily up here for its gameplay either. What it is up here for, though, is that it was the first first-person shooter I ever played. Yeah, we got to fix up that, that board. It needs to be rewritten. One
1: additional F-bomb.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for keeping track. Uh, but So it was the very first uh, first-person shooter that I ever played, and also one of the big first Star Wars games I had ever played. Now, granted, when it came out, I think I didn't play it when it very first came out, because when it very first came out, I was a wee lad of five.
1: And so, remind me what, this was a computer-based game, yes, right? So PC as we PC. would know it now.
0: Uh, and now you can play it. Like, I, uh yeah, I played it on a computer. You could then later play it, I believe, on the PS1, I believe it came out for that, or may, and maybe a couple other platforms. You can still buy it digitally on the PS Store. You can also now buy it on Steam, and I believe you can buy it on get gog.com
1: is it available on the xbox store i guess no i don't even it xbox might be i just honestly even, haven't even checked xbox wasn't even a thing in the 1995 right though, that well i mean neither was ps1 at the time
0: you True. know and it just later came out for it again but anyway, so you, there's still a couple different places you can buy it if you want to go back and play this game. Uh, my Big three things for me of why it stuck out, other than one of the very first Star Wars games I ever played, and also one of the very first first-person shooter games that I ever played, which then got me into the first-person shooter genre of games, which, although as of late, have fallen off quite a bit in, in how many of them I play. Like, give me a third-person open-world game, and I'm...
1: You've branched Set. out, good sir. I know, I have. You've branched out. I've, I've matured. Good I've job. Grown. We've both matured as I know, gamers. And that's what good this, for us. And that's
0: what this series of episodes we've done has shown. Exactly. That we've opened up our worlds to, to new horizons. But anyway, so for those of you who don't know and don't know about this game, you play as Kyle Katarn, and you are tasked with finding out and uncovering the secrets of the Imperial Dark Trooper program. Uh, and so you go to a various different worlds and you in the, with trying to find out all these different hunting for clues and trying to track down a, you know, like who's making them, where they're being, uh, where they're being manufactured and then also how to defeat them. And the cool thing about it is that it had some really fun level design. I've talked about it before because I talked about, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned, and I want to say it was favorite creatures I talked. I want to say that it was, you, you fight it, but this one point you fight against this dragon creature that Job of the Hutt had captured in one of his barges, and you have to fight it, but it was a, it was an iconic fight because you had to punch it to death, which made no <laughs> sense.
1: <laughs> that but, is hilarious. Yeah.
0: but, and then I've also talked about one of its weapons, because you, you could pick up a, game, a weapon later on in the game from Trandoshan enemies, which Trandoshans for those who aren't, are tall reptilian creatures, hunter of Wookiees, and also this the alien species of the bounty hunter Bosk, so see him in Star Wars Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. What
1: are the uh, reptile people of Skyrim called again? I know that Zack has talked about it before. I always think of them as being the same in my mind. They're not the same. They're the same. I have official edict. They are 100% the no, same.
0: No, not the same. Different universes entirely. <laughs> but it's this weapon that you would fire and it wouldn't actually, you wouldn't see the projectile, but then like this blue well of energy would <gasps> open up yes. under the enemy and like shoot up in the sky and like blow them up in the I sky. I remember Loved that. It, it was great. Very cool. Very you, cool. You know, you got to fight against all these different creatures and aliens. You got to go to all these different worlds that, you know, If you'd only watched the movies at that time, well, like I had really, you only saw the worlds that were in the movies. But this allowed you to go to some worlds that were in the books, which I had been started reading at that point in my life too. And so it was really fun. Uh, Except when it's the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Oh, come on. You get a pass. (laughs) And so it was fun to go to like Narshada and, and to all these other different places. that set up in the, in the Star Wars universe that you would only really either, they were newly introduced into this one. Or you were, you know, or you'd heard of that before the Expanded Universe. Uh, you got to fight against some cool creatures like the Dianoga from uh, the, A New Hope and on the Anote City level, which I hate. That's like the third level in the game, and I hate it. It's is it a water-based
1: level? It is. Oh my god! That's I was just shooting a water-based. The dark. It's a water-based I didn't think level, I would be right?
0: <laughs> it's like a maze. You have to keep going through all these different corridors and hallways multiple times to find the right connection, uh, combination of how to control the water levels and where you're supposed to be able to go. It's
1: infuriating. I wonder. What it is about water levels that gamers just universally, just collectively terrible.
0: hate. Yeah, they're just universally terrible.
1: <laughs> That's really. We should do a thesis about this. We should. Let's both go back to college and do our journalism. Learn how to get like, journalism. About Agreed. the terrors yeah. of water levels. I agree. Let's, Let's do this. Let's do it. But anyway, it just made it for an
0: incredibly fun experience and, uh, also started having Kyle Katarin as like a s- s- serious canon character. He goes on to star in several other Star Wars Dark Forces, or like Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy games. So he appears several more times in the video game universe and then obviously also in books and other expanded, uh, expanded parts of the universe. He didn't
1: make it into the movies?
0: Has not made it into the movies yet. But oh. now, you know, there's, there's a chance he could make it into a show or a TV or a movie or something like that. But, it just was a great one. I recently was able to pick it up and play it again because Steam finally had it for Mac to be Mac compatible cuz I'm still rolling on a Mac. Very and nice. so I picked it up within the last couple months on Steam because it was like $2 and (laughs) why would you not? Appropriately
1: priced for a game from 1995. (laughs) And
0: I started playing through it, and I was amazed how... I've only played like the first four levels again, but I was amazed how much of it I still remember. Like, go here, do this, this guy's gonna be here, here's what I have to do in this situation, because that's how much I played this game. So I'm really looking forward to getting to this one. And also... You know, another side benefit of this giveaway and everything, we've actually upped our Twitch numbers too. So where we have is, you know, so we're trying to like work into how we could possibly do a little bit more streaming. I'm planning, I think I've tested the setup. I've been running with it. I'm thinking I'm going to stream it. Because be, that would be, like, a fun way for people to show it off. And it's a fun one. To, it wouldn't take long to do. And it would be really fun to show an older game like
1: that. It really would be. I'm 100% on board with that. You All right, know that's going to happen then. I'm a fan of heckling. So if you could let me know when you're going live, that'd be super.
0: Okay, I'll do that. Just because, you know, okay. we need viewership. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, check that out. I'll be doing that soon then. But that is my number three, Star Wars Dark Forces.
1: I like that a lot because I think it has... In terms of emotional attachment, a lot of overlap with my number three... It's a very big
0: nostalgia pick for me.
1: Exactly. My number three is my nostalgia pick. Of all of the ones (sighs) on my list, I think it's the one that is being buoyed up primarily by its nostalgia factor. Wait,
0: so... It's ranking higher.
1: So it's... No, actually, this one ranks...
0: Lower than what it I was before? I
1: think slightly lower oh, than I it guess. was before. So I'll give you a little bit of context for this. So, for example, with other picks that are kind of older games, like The Legend of Dragoon, for example, mm-hmm. and Pikmin 2, I still think that there are many factors of both of those games that give them at least some amount of staying power within the modern... I put big air quotes about that, uh, within the modern gaming scene with The Legend of of Dragoon. It was its unique battle system, which Mm -hmm. used a function of additions. Again, air quotes around that if you know what I'm talking about. Additions in the turn-based battle system combined with the Dragoon system, which was just a really fun experience overall. And with Pikmin 2, It's the pinnacle of modern swarm (laughs) battle gaming. It's the best possible resource management game of all time, period. Mm. So these both have a lot of staying power with them. Whereas my number three choice really kind of just is my, it's my personal pick. It's my personal, one of my personal favorite games of all time. Can you guess what it is?
0: I'm going to say Legend of Zelda Link to the Past.
1: You are so close.
0: Is it Wind Waker?
1: It's Wind Waker. I thought about putting... I really did struggle to decide... If I was going to put A, a link to the past, which I think is one of the greatest Zelda games of all time, and a link between Worlds, which I think is also one of the greatest Zelda games of all time, right. and Skyward Sword, which I think is also one of the greatest Zelda games of all time, and Wind Waker, <laughs> all on demand. Lots of list. choices there. So, my biggest problem as a Legend of Zelda diehard fan is I have so, I have a, a, burden of choice i have so many games that i love within the same franchise that it's really hard to justify putting all of them onto the same in this case top 10 list so a lot of it was just whittling down which entries i felt deserved to be in these spots and as we've seen so far only one other has made it it was breath of the wild Mm -hmm. which clocked in at number seven i believe yes yeah seven yeah and then Wind Waker is really kind of my nostalgic choice. So with The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, I still feel that this is one of the best examples of storytelling within a Legend of Zelda game. So Scourge Sword did, I feel like, an almost equally good job Breath of the Wild's story was borderline atrocious. It was not good. Breath of the Wild is booned by its gameplay, not by its story. Not by its core, not by its heart. Wind Waker is the exact opposite. It is exactly deserving of its place on my list because of its heart, because of its story, because of the world that it built, which, based on time really may not be that good by today's modern gaming standards but for the time period it rocked my world so the legend of zelda wind waker was a gamecube era game it Mm -hmm. came out in 2006 i want to say i I think it's 2006 i could be wrong about that uh so we'll fact check that a little bit later but it was like early to mid 2000s right now yeah do it right now and it was one of the games on GameCube that I remember just funneling tons of hours into because it's such a fun game. And this is also, uh, so Wind Waker came out with a special... 2003
0: in North America, 2002 in Japan.
1: Crap, I was super wrong. Anyways, 2003, whatever, close enough. So this was a game that had a special edition collector's uh, Wii U that came out. I remember that. Yeah, I think in like 2012 or something, yeah. I don't know. But it had an HD re-release, a uh, mastered edition, special edition Wii U that came out and I guess it was 2012. I'm not sure. No, it would have been beyond that. 2013? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, anyway, so it came out with a mastered dig- edition, which I naturally... Banked top dollar on. I was like, give me that. That's one of my favorite games of all time. And that's why Wind Waker is still on the list. The things that I think make it stand out in my mind are, A, the graphic style. So at the time when it came out, a lot of gamers hated the very cell shaded quality of the graphics. Mm-hmm. They hated the art style. They hated cell shading They thought it looked, air quotes, childish it's the Legend of Zelda, you most They all change. They all change. They all look to had a certain degree a pretty big degree. discussion on that. Childish, exactly. The only one that you Way could even broadly argue isn't along those same lines would be Twilight Princess, which it still kind of is. Mm-hmm. Like, these are meant to be games that are very accessible to a broad populace. And Wind Waker, I feel like, did an excellent job of balancing its graphics with its gameplay. So this is what I would consider one of the more traditional entries into the Legend of Zelda series. You have your very traditional dungeon system. You get to a new area, you find out through NPCs that there's a certain boss that you have to be within this area to get XYZ item. As part of that dungeon, you obtain XYZ weapon. Mm -hmm. For example, the boomerang, uh, the hammer, super bombs, the bow and arrow. What are some of the, the other really notable ones? Uh, in Skyward Sword, it was the Beetle. One of the best weapons of all time. We should talk about that. Uh, but yeah, that's how you obtain (laughs) Twilight Princess's spinning top of death. Do you remember? No, I don't. Yeah, that's okay. You can, you can go back to it later. To watch a video. So so there are a lot of really fun weapons that you get via the traditional dungeon system that is sort of, uh, I I don't know how I would want to say this. Um, Like it makes its way into the iconography of the games Mm -hmm. by being a system that the traditional gamer of The Legend of Zelda series would readily identify with. You immediately know what those items Mm -hmm. are. And you know that when you get them, typically at the midway boss, you then need to utilize them throughout the second half of the dungeon, eventually get to the final boss of the dungeon, use that weapon to beat said final boss of the dungeon, and then you move on with the rest of the story. And in speaking with the story... I feel like one of the biggest draws that Wind Waker has for me as a person, and we talked about this a little bit with, a little bit with Rhyme, is I'm very naturally drawn to the ocean. Uh, Uh, seascapes, the ocean, water, big bodies that you're not really able to see all of them. Those are environments... I'm fine as long as
0: I'm on top of them, not down in them.
1: Yeah, well, kind of both. In the case of Wind Waker, we'll talk about that more in a second. Uh, So, the ability to explore and the the exploration factor that the open ocean offers to both a person and to a gamer is just infinitely appealing to me. The fact that you can get to the edge of the map in Wind Waker and eventually your boat tells you, Hey, bro, we can't go any farther than this. I'm like but I want to... can you just make the
0: water repeat forever? Let
1: me go out there. I don't care if there's anything out there. I just want to be able to go there. Mm-hmm. And that imaginative expansiveness I feel like is what makes Wind Waker have such emotional importance to me. The idea that there is so much more still out there, which was actually more uh, explored in the uh, natural sequels, which were Phantom Hourglass and eventually Spirit Tracks, that is just a system and a way of gaming that I am really drawn to. Uh-huh. I love exploration. I love the very idea that there's more out there. And Wind Waker had that in spades. The fact that every time you ran into a new island, you had to map it. I loved that. The fact that you would occasionally come across islands that didn't really have anything on them. They just kind of had like a very small puzzle and a piece of heart. I was like, "Okay, Fair enough. Not every island has something awesome. Whereas other islands would have really big uh centers of people where there would be a bunch of NPCs and a lot to interact with. There would be shops, there would be side quests. Not every island was like that, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that there wasn't always something big, something bombastic to find. Sometimes it's just a rock out in the middle of the ocean that you're like, well... Okay.
0: That's there. I
1: guess that's all of it. And then you move on. And mm-hmm. I liked that it balanced the big centers, the hubs of gameplay, with other smaller islands that were more or less nothing. You were just kind of there to get like a side questy item and then move on. Right. So I would say that Wind Waker as a whole really good traditional RPG gameplay. The battle system holds up. Like this is a game that holds water. Uh-huh. Heyo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Got all that water. <laughs> Anyways, it's a game that holds water over time and I feel like very similar to a Link to the Past for example. This is a game that you could go back in modern times. You don't even have to do the remastered edition. You could still go back to the GameCube edition and have I feel just as good of a time Nice. so that's why i feel like it deserves to be on my list it was excellent for its time period got overlooked because of its graphics but definitely deserves to be applauded for what it accomplished and it's still fun to this day it's still a game that i think about a lot there are tons of side quests that are really memorable to me it just it's it's almost the total package yeah very nearly the total package
0: near enough to only be your number three, though.
1: Near enough to only be number three, so we'll circle back to numbers two and one shortly.
0: Are you planning a, uh, another playthrough anytime soon?
1: You know, if I had an Elgato, I could do it on our Twitch channel. So patrons. Uh <laughs> potential, <to> you. <laughs> potential patrons who may eventually uh subsidize Team Chat. Podcast. I'll actually put that
0: as a goal yeah, on our, you ba- put that on our as Patreon our goal page because, because we we've, we've we've had just very like the show will get better, but I'll put that as like an actual if thing. If we
1: had a goal where I could get an Elgato, for example, with my Switch, with your Switch, of course, Mario Super Mario Party is coming out for the Switch later Smash this year. Smash is coming out later this year. I could, of course, hook it up to the old Wii. I could hook, hook it up to my Wii U and replay games such as Wind Waker, yep. uh, a bunch of old Mario Parties. We could do a lot with that. I could do a lot with yeah, that. We should uh, look into that. People, let's, let's start.
0: Let's plan our investments. So.
1: People with some spare dollars.
0: We're not subscribe. going to big, but you no. Know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on then to our number twos. So, my number two game of all time, yet to be superseded and surpassed. Can I guess? I bet you know what it is.
1: I think I know what it is. Okay. Is it Horizon Zero Dawn?
0: Horizon yes! Zero Dawn. I
1: finally got one correct.
0: Yes. Horizon Zero Dawn sits at my number two game.
1: Do you want me to bring up the girl?
0: Aloy? Yeah, you want me to bring her up? use her name please but uh, yes shall
1: we bring aloy onto the stage sure which one how about little a you know what how about both of them how about big aloy and big little a- aloy? aloy all right cool yeah, yeah all all right. bring them up here you stay there.
0: all right so horizon zero dawn for those of you who are not aware of gorilla games fantastic new again open world rpg game that they that they released back last year 2017 I bought bought this game for the first time. Actually, bought a collector's edition of a game for this one. So I don't know. Oh, can't see that. It needs to come back just a little bit. Little Funko Aloy. Little Aloy. Little Aloy. And then collector's edition Aloy. There we go. There
1: we go. So little I bought Aloy the collector's edition
0: of this game boy. because from trailers and everything else, I was instantly hooked and knew this game was going to be something very special. Now I had previously played Gorillas games that they'd come out with before this one, but. The thing that interested me about this one and why I, w- I was putting faith in this and why I w- one of the big reasons why I was so interested in this game is because before Horizon, Gorilla had made the Killzone series, which was a first-person shooter, you know, sci-fi space adventure.
1: That's right. I, I so about that. And so
0: taking the more linear style gameplay of first-person shooters, the mechanics of first-person shooters, I and mean, then basically getting rid of it all to create a brand spankin' new IP. Is a massive undertaking and one that like studios don't do that often, I feel like, you know, that or or a studio that has like an established franchise, like for instance, 343 isn't deviating from Halo. You know what I mean? They're still making Halo. (laughs) Bungie switched, quit making Halo, and then made Destiny. You know what I mean? It's like similar, similar (laughs) experiences. But you know, so I was very interested in this, and my God, the game did not disappoint. I hope anyone who hasn't played it yet will jump off the chance. And I'm not going to go spoiler and I'm not going to talk about all the story specifics here. Just know that Guerrilla created a fantastic new world. They created a fantastic story. A fantastic lore for this story. They created an outstanding protagonist in Aloy. She is amazing. And Ashley Birch did a fantastic job of voicing Aloy and really giving Aloy her own personality. And... The one thing I actually just, and then side characters are great, weapons, combat system, upgrade system, crafting, it's all soundtrack. there. It's all great. The soundtrack, oh my god, Next is level. great. Uh, like 80 songs, four hours. <laughs> what? It's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. Uh, it's composed by Joris Uh Julie Elvin provides vocals. The Flight also provides some extra uh, extra music in there also, which they, I'm excited, The Flight are uh, who are going to be composing the new Assassin's Creed Odyssey game? So are they I'm, really? I'm excited for that.
1: That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's going to be. I'm. I'm excited for it. So all these this great stuff going on with Horizon, and I will say, just the one of the things that's cemented about it, like I said, is Aloy, the character of Aloy. The she is one of the strongest female characters I've ever played as.
1: Only because you don't play Ana in Overwatch. Well, no, I'm like, just kidding. Why, what I'm what just I? <laughs> busting your <chance. laughs>
0: You know, like I would put her up there in equal, if not in my opinion, superior to even Laura Croft. Like, was, as a, you know, yeah, I
1: was wondering if you were going to make that comparison. I,
0: I, lo- I lo- really love playing as Laura Croft, also, but Aloy connected with me better. Uh, she is a very independent and headstrong, and like she is thrust into this situation where she was grown up, she was raised an outcast from society, from her tribe that she was, that she was from. And then she is st- suddenly thrust into the middle of having to interact and be a part of many tribes in the, in the world of Horizon. And people try, some people try to walk over her. Some people are, try to be, are too timid. And she is perfectly hard in response to the people who are trying to walk all over her and stubborn and won't give in, but not to a fault. You know, she's just as hard as she needs to be, as firm as she needs to be. So that person knows you're not going to just be able to do whatever you want when I'm around. I'm going to do what I'm going to want to do. Uh You can help me with that or you can get the F out of my way. Or I can shoot you, know, you
1: in the face with my it, arrows. Exactly.
0: Several points of the you know, people are like, oh, you can't possibly be a good hunter as you claim. And then she goes out and like kicks the machine ass and then is a, and everybody's like, Oh, I underestimated you. And she's like, yeah, I didn't, don't do that again. How about, no
1: and shit,
0: so, <laughs> exactly. And so she's just an incredibly, incredibly great character. And then, like I said, when she needs to be a softer, you know, a uh, more compassionate, caring character that is also, it's not seen as like a deviation. It's you, you just, it's just who she is. And so I feel like gorilla did an incredible job with crafting Aloy as a character uh, I actually, just within the last week, finally, finally, it took, I'm kicking myself, it took me so long, I finally finished the the DLC Frozen Wilds.
1: Did you really? I yeah. wasn't sure if or when you were going to. So that Very was a nice. great,
0: a great reminder to get back into the, I was actually sick last week. And so one of the days that I was sick, I was like, I'm doing it, I'm busting through this game. And, it, and so I did, it took like 10 hours, but it was great. And it was a great refresher into all the things I love about it. Even the side characters are fantastic. Uh, and a couple of the ones, the two main, like, side characters you meet in the Frozen Wilds DLC are great. And it's just how it all blends together is incredible. The com- like I said, the combat is great. They do a really good job of, you're fighting these advanced mechanical machines, but you're doing it with bow and arrow, spear, and it's great to see all the different ways in how, you know, Aloy crafts and uses her surroundings to be able to make new weapons, new types of ammunition to be able to combat these different threats. It's also a, Incredible juxtaposition for the world itself of this ancient feel to this incredibly advanced setting, if that makes any sense. Because there are obviously these massive machines roaming around. There are these signs of the super advanced technology, but everyone, like Aloy, is in more of a primitive garb. Uh, You know, bows and arrows and spears are the main are the main weapons of the day And so it's just a very interesting juxtaposition that I just feel that creates a truly unique feel
1: So the environment of horizon zero dawn is kind of like the premise of conan the barbarian where it technically is the far far future Yeah seems to be that way so far in the future that technology and civilization has in some ways regressed There's still evidence of like the super high technology laying around but as a people, humankind has well, there are kind of huge, gone like, back a few steps.
0: Rusted out cities that you're seeing that have the signs of like our technology today. But then there's these massive machines running exactly. Around. So it's a, and obviously as you they play through the game like and through dinosaurs. the story, yeah, as you mm-hmm. play through the game and the story, you uncover more and are and are finding out more about those things. But you know, it's still an incredibly. It just it just felt fresh. Like I couldn't think of an of another game necessarily that.
1: Whoop. Don't.
0: You're good. That uh, you know that I that really could that I had played that really could compare, and it was interesting too because I felt like around this time the Stone Age suddenly became like a a hot thing for for games, which because, is
1: really weird.
0: Well, because there was Far Cry Primal, there was Horizon Zero Dawn, and then the one that I don't think has even come out yet, Wild. Wild. You're like a shaman, and you can like control owls and bears and all this other stuff. Uh, they've showed gameplay in a tr- couple of trailers for it, but I don't think it's g- ever came out yet. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. But they were all kind of around the same time. Huh. But anyway, but of all three of those, I think Horizon is undoubtedly the best. And the game, the story, as I said, is great. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go spoiler into spoiler territory or even really talk about that that much just due to time constraints. But it didn't impact me as much emotionally. It's not one of those games. It's not like life is strange in that, in that <laughs> Where sense. Where you
1: just sit there for a couple of hours like, while you think about your life.
0: The game ended. The game had its twists. It had its turns and it ultimately had its climax. And I was like, oh, that was great. You know, just really, really happy with it and, re- and really pleased at the end of how, of how I felt having played the game. Uh, but it wasn't like the big, like emotional grabbing kind of game, which I think, you know, you don't need to, not every game you can play can be that, and I don't think that's fair to expect that yeah. out of every game that you play. But for the reaction that I had to the game, how I felt the story, the world, and the combat and the gameplay mixed together, just made for an incredible package. One that I will not soon forget. And now that I played, you know, the DLC for it, I want to go back eventually and do another new game plus playthrough of the game. Try to I've platinumed the main game. I tried. St- Kind of started doing that with the DLC, but then I was like, "This is going to take me too long," and I wanted to get through the story. Right. So, um, so we'll get. So, I'll eventually get around to trying to get all the trophies for the DLC too. But for now, Horizon Zero Dawn firmly sits at number two on my best games of all time.
1: Very nice. Thank you. Thank Very you. pleased about that.
0: How's your number two looking? I, I, uh, I don't know if I know this one.
1: You know. You do.
0: Oh, I do know this one. You totally I know, know what one. my number we kinda is. We kind of had a little bit more of an idea of what our number three is So uh, Jared bizarre. and
1: I had a little bit of overlap. Where was it on your list? Number five. All right. So mine, I placed it a little bit higher, and I will justify that in what we're about to talk about. There we go. So number two on my list, which is a game that I played after we started this podcast, so it is one of the newer games in my own personal lexicon, is Life is Strange. Ah. Ooh, one of the best games of all time. I'm saying it. It's amazing. I agree. Amazing. Hey, it's in my top ten. So Don't Nod's Life is Strange, you already talked a little bit about how the gameplay works, how the choice system works. So I do want to differentiate a few of the ways that the game was very important to me as a person, as opposed to what we have already talked about. So hopefully this won't be too redundant. So we are, like Jarrett did last time, we're trying to stay away a little bit from potential big spoilers for the game because Life is Strange 2 is coming out in the near future. And in the meantime, it's demo slash prologue, uh, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit is currently available on Xbox and for PlayStation 4, totally free. I think it's also on Steam, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So there are a lot of opportunities to A, play Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, which we discussed a couple of episodes ago, and B, now is an amazing time to go back and And experience life is strange.
0: Both season one and before the storm. The like prequel game.
1: Yes. Hang on. Scoot out that chair scoot up that chair a little bit. So I do want to real quick mention that I have not played Before the Storm.
0: I haven't finished it either.
1: So that's something that I haven't really factored into this review and I don't need to because Life is Strange on its own is such an amazing They're separate games
0: so that they don't need to be held.
1: Exactly. So as Jarrett mentioned, Life is Strange follows the protagonist, Max Caulfield, Maxine Caulfield, as she returns to her original hometown, enrolls in an elite art... uh, academy called Mm -hmm. Blackwell. While she's there, she reconnects with an old childhood friend, Chloe Price, and their adventures as they reconnect all surround Max's ability, which she discovers in the very beginning of the game, so it's not really a spoiler, uh, Max's supernatural ability to control time. So that's the premise of the game. You are Max Caulfield, you're a 17-slash-18-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. you're in an elite high school artistic academy, and the entire game surrounds your navigation through that world, the challenges that you encounter in the form of other NPCs, for example, Nathan, Mm. uh, what's your... um? Yeah, what a dick, for God's sake. That guy freaking sucks. That's not sucks. a spoiler. The first
0: time you meet him in the <laughs> game, you know no, he's a he's dick. No, he's
1: instantly a dick, and you're like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> you <don't>
0: even, you <laughs> Oh, that guy? That guy's a dick. That
1: guy's a dick. <laughs> you ask around,
0: you ask anybody in school, Nathan Prescott? Oh, yeah, that dude's a dick.
1: Prescott, that's <laughs> his last name, fucking Nathan Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> he's that a guy, dick. That guy sucks, that guy's a dick. <laughs> so anyways, the entire game revolves around primarily Max and Chloe. I love Chloe. So I think one of the biggest things—another Ashley Birch character, exactly—another Ashley Birch voice character. So I think one of the things that primarily stood out to me about Life is Strange is it's uniquely feminine approach to gaming. Mm-hmm. It's not like this run-and-gun, high-octane-style gameplay. It's very based in your ability to form relationships via talking with characters, interacting with the environment in ways that would affect your relationship with characters, and progressing the story down with down whichever path you choose. And in the context of the main relationship of the story, which is Max And Chloe, I feel like it is very worth mentioning that this is one of the most forefront, uh, forward-facing, that's the term I'm looking for, this is one of the most forward-facing lesbian relationships I've ever encountered in a game. It is made expressly obvious at the end game. I don't really think this is a spoiler because it's, it's, it's not, very easily
0: like I kind of almost was like, oh, it's kind of spoilery, yeah. but not I, it's because so it's very obvious. obvious. Like as it starts and they r- start re interacting with each other, and then there's a moment that's. Pretty early on in the game, yeah. that pretty much sets it up. They're like, "Yeah,
1: yeah." There's so there are a couple of really early on uh, gameplay choices. Air quotes. The game clearly wants you to go there, where you realize, "Wow, Max and Chloe have very obvious romantic feelings for each other." Yeah, that and definitely is more than just friendship. Exactly, it's definitely more than friendship. And even though Max kind of has like this side dude, that's like, what is his name? Warren. Warren, that's his name. I remember thinking it was a name I didn't really like. Uh, Anyways, she's kind of got like this. Didn't really like him. So there we go. Yeah, didn't really like him. She's got like this sort of optional side boo named Warren. He's a nice guy. He's all right. He's not probably a nice guy. Yeah, he's not bad at all. He's just no Chloe Price. You know, Chloe Price is like the bad girl of wherever. Yeah, she's top tier, top shelf. Uh, So the fact that the game chose to address that kind of subject matter in such an obvious way again i'm not saying that it's the kind of game where it's obvious but natural Exactly. Obvious, but natural. It didn't feel forced. It felt like the relationship between Max and Chloe was there from childhood, because when they were both really good friends before Max moved away, you do get the ability through Max's time travel to go back in time, explore that a little bit more. It is made abundantly clear that they were potentially on the road to being more than friends. And then when Max returns to her childhood home, they kind of pick up where they left off. Mm. And I feel like that is such an impactful part of gaming to explore in a very forward-facing way. You don't get that a lot in many other games, and especially in a game where choice is such a big factor. Yeah, you kind of could more pursue the relationship with war on the side, but that is clearly not where the game is pointing you. The game naturally kind of tries to tell you, hey... Chloe's your super boo, she's your waifu for waifu, you need to try to protect her at all costs, uh-huh. and a lot of the game revolves around that relationship. Additionally, the reason that Really Life is Strange made it into my number two is that, and this is uh, going to share a common thread with my number one, it's amazing ability to tell a story. I have very rarely encountered such a strong and clear story in a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it kind is of that. talked about this with Rhyme, we kind of talked about it with Firewatch. The story that Life is Strange is trying to tell you is so direct. Yes, it's a game with choice. Yes, it's a game with lots of different paths to explore. But ultimately, the end game of what Life is Strange wants to tell you is this very intentional story. And I love that. I love that the game makers at Don't Nod tried to tell you a very specific story. Yeah. Hey, you're playing Max. Your best friend is Chloe Price slash girlfriend is Chloe Price. You are playing this very specific story. And the way it guided you down that path didn't feel forced. It felt very natural. And the way that it played with time, the way that the game explores Max's ability to use her supernatural power, which is to manipulate time, resulted in some of the greatest gaming moments I've ever encountered. Without being too spoiler in about spoilery, in about episodes four slash five, really episode god, five,
0: episode four and five. Oh my god! Holy like shit.
1: right, we could talk about just episodes four and five at length mm-hmm. for hours. Uh, especially in episode five, there are a couple of very unique sequences of the game that really deep dive. They really explore in a very surrealist fashion. What happens when you have godlike power? What happens when you can manipulate the timeline? Not only how does that affect you as a person in the game, how does that affect the world around yeah. you? And I love that Life is Strange didn't just keep it at a local level in the game. It wasn't just, hey, this is how Max's life in her local town of Oregon is being affected. It was, hey, you're making changes to the timeline of life in this game that are impacting the whole world. Yeah. You are doing things that aren't supposed to be done.
0: And it has an excellent way of representing that without it really being overtly does. obvious what exactly. that is Exactly. It
1: has a wonderful way of representing that in the world without being too like hammering over your head. It just sort of presents the information as, hey, this is a side effect of what you're doing and what you're doing is bad. Yeah. And I love that, the, that life is strange presents it in such an interesting way. They give you a couple of sometimes heavy hints, but obviously like obvious data and hints that you're doing something that shouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. And ultimately you do get a choice about how you use that information at the end of the game. Uh, you could argue that the game has a natural ending and an unnatural ending, but we could talk about that more in our spoiler episode for a few back.
0: Yeah, and I believe that, again, not to be too spoiler, but Mogan and I both went with the natural
1: ending. We, ha- we both went with the natural ending, whereas bro-Mogan went with the unnatural albeit somewhat more humanist ending in a certain way, Eh, we could write a whole nother thesis about that. Another thesis. Let's just go back. Which is, again, why I think Life is Strange is such a strong game. Really, one of my key points was, should it be number one? Mm. I considered this as a number one game, and it was really hard for me to decide where I wanted to place it. But because of its incredibly strong storytelling, because of its incredible character relationship building, and really because of its gameplay, because of its art style, Yeah. not its soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was pretty weak.
0: I, I thought it had moments, but for the most part, style. It yeah, same. It's, just it, it's, not it, it's our like style. it's very much like Bonneville, uh, Swift John Stevens. It really is. It, You're
1: totally right it, about that.
0: Well, John Stevens even has music in. Captain Spirit, yeah. Oh,
1: you're right. And so, like,
0: it's it's exactly what they're going for. It's
1: totally for hipsters by hipsters. (laughs) Well, and
0: it even makes fun in the game because, like, it's very obviously like Max's musical tastes are very hipster esque, and so that's you know they make jokes to that in the game. Yeah, I mean, a couple like it had its moments where I was like, like, "Ooh, this fits really well," but for the most part, yeah, I'm just not a fan of those two uh, artists. The
1: OST just isn't really our personal style, but in the context of the game, it makes perfect sense. Yes. all of those factors combine to create a final package and a final game that I feel is just next-level good. It is great. I think Life is Strange is one of the best games I've played in the past easily 10 to 15 years. It's, it's Which fantastic. is saying something. It's like, a fantastic It was a hard
0: game. call for me to only put it at number five. It just couldn't quite, and honestly, if it had made it into the top three, it would have kicked out. Dark Forces, just because like it was great. And you know maybe at some point, a further reflection, maybe another playthrough, it might eventually creep up to that, to number three. Um, it just, you know, Civilization and Dark Forces were such foundational games in my gaming life. It's hard to like knock those too low.
1: Understandable. But yeah, that's my number two. Life is strange.
0: Boom. There you have it.
1: It's all about them girlfriends.
0: <laughs> all about them
1: girlfriends. I mean, not all about them, but, but like, that's a part of it. It's part of it. It's a
0: big part of it. You know. <laughs>
1: Are you ready to talk about your number one, good sir? Am I ready? Like, are you emotionally ready?
0: I believe I'm emotionally ready. Are you ready? ready
1: in your heart?
0: I believe I am.
1: In your soul? In my
0: very soul. Again, this is the culmination of a lot of thought, prayer, meditation to go through these top ten lists. I mean, if you think about it, in all the games that you play in the world and it to a list of ten, we actually asked our patrons to do the same thing because we were going to kind of like for an internal Patreon exclusive thing, which we, we haven't forgotten about, by the way. We're going to still do we're it. We were just waiting for more people hard, to come hard. to submit a few, which we got a, f- a couple more. We did. Uh, so, and they're all like, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's and really hard. we went through hard. that same pain and struggle to get this list to you. and here we sit at the crowning number one best game for Mogan and i of all time i mean we each have our own it's not we don't share this no we don't even a little but my number one game of all time yeah it's a great one i'm ready for it fortnite just <laughs> kidding. <laughs>
1: what <did> it <laughs> was
0: no i mean it probably is somebody is out there but it's definitely not mine <laughs> no was, my, you really <laughs> throw me <laughs> my number one game is the by far to me the greatest game that i've ever played in my life it is the one most represented on this shrine of video games behind us. The Last of Us.
1: Very nice. Naughty
0: Dogs 2013.
1: I'm glad to see horror. that it maintained its spot.
0: It did not move. It held it was, the line. It was the uh the number my number one game in the original in episode back in episode one. This was the big one. I've talked about this game a lot throughout the history. So for the sake of our You know, current listeners, I don't want, I'm not going to belabor the points about that I've made about this game and why this is still my top game of all time.
1: You can go back to episode one if you want Jarrett's full thoughts. You can.
0: And I've even touched across a couple different aspects of it. I believe in favorite villains I've touched on this game, uh, and favorite side characters I've touched on this game. And so I've touched across it a lot. And even in our music episodes, I've talked about the soundtrack. So there's plenty of you to go back and find if you want to listen to me about this. The biggest reason why it is number one is because it actually you play a lot of games and you experience all these different games and you have fun with all these different games. And then I believe there's always that one game for every gamer that clicks a light bulb and you're like, holy shit. This is incredible. Video games are incredible. And. I need to play as many experiences like this as I possibly can.
1: I mean, it has you at home singing a whole new world. Exactly,
0: <laughs> and that is exactly what The Last of Us did for me. Though, you know, I've been a very, uh, a very much a a gamer by that point. I would played through a lot of all the, you know, the big hot games of the past few years, including stronghold, uh, including, oh man, <laughs> stronghold, the cow melody. That's another one I'm planning on streaming at some point still too.
1: Oh dude, people would love that. That's oh, So great.
0: <laughs> but in all honesty, team chat came out of the aftermath of playing the last of Us because oh. I've been a, a, you know, I've been a gamer. I was, I've also like my, my full time job outside of this is, uh, as a freelance videographer, so I've been in, involved with like film and, and that kind of stuff, and I really thought that like my end all be all goal was was you know to eventually try to get to where I was either editing or working on you know like films and all that other stuff similar to how, what Zach is shooting for. I played the Last of Us. Did it
1: shooting? Hey man, that's an unintentional pun. Hilarious. But
0: <laughs> the Last of Us, I played that, and that honestly for me was like, hold the fucking phones. Video games can tell just as good
1: potentially Potentially better
0: better storytelling experiences than books, movies, and, you know, and just as good an art form as books, movies, painting, drawing, you know, uh, reading, you know, all the other different ways that that person can create and and express themselves. Especially, you know, and I feel like so, sort of that and what coming to that realization is also like the baggage that sometimes comes as growing up enjoying and playing video games around people who don't understand. I think it, you know, that. It's not a
1: phase, mom. You don't understand
0: me. Exactly. It's, you know, parents can not see them as a, as a, uh, a good hobby or a good pastime to have, you know, you tell somebody that like, Oh yeah, I play video games, you know, and like at work or something and they laugh and be like, that's dumb. Yeah.
1: I mean, even still, you know, modern gaming where it's clearly a big social thing, you still get those reactions.
0: Exactly. And so I feel like, you know, you, you just kind of assume that it's not, they're not equal. I played The Last of Us, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're equal. And so because of that is what maybe trying to figure out new ways how I can incorporate my skills that I had through uh filming and, and creating video and how I could turn and incre- turn create those and meld those with this now – incredibly growing desire to do more in video games. And I know last was came out in 2013. Like this, it's not like this happened. I've known since I was five years old that this is what I want to do. I want to <laughs> talk about video games. But Last of Us is the one that made me want to do that. And so that's really at the end all be all why it sits as my as my number one. And so far I've not yet been able to have a game that that has passed it. Horizon Zero Dawn Came really close.
1: I was wondering if it was going to supplant.
0: And um, you know, I'm going to do a full review on it, but I did just wrap up God of War.
1: Oh, that's God right. God of War. Also,
0: I was sitting there playing it and being like, oh, uh, "Where is it going to sit?" And now, I'm not going to adjust it into this into its ranking. I assume we'll probably like revisit this topic to some degree or another, like each year. Just yeah, like let's we do should it do that. Every so, year. like, I'll refresh back then. I'll ref- I'll see where God of War falls in at that point. I'll keep the list as it is for now, but. Last of Us for me is legitimately the great, the full package of a video game of what you could want. Exceptional story, exceptional characters. Ex- uh, you know, post-apocalyptic setting, which is one that I enjoy, but also one that has can tend to be overdone. And also, you know, zombies is a slightly over oversaturated area. You know, Where between I The Walking Dead, Last of Us, Days Gone, that's about to come out, uh, The Walking Dead vi- uh, Telltale series. You know, there's an. Uh, Dead Island. You know, I could go on and on. There's a state of decay. There's an unending amount of zombie video games out there. So to stake out is an impressive feat.
1: And I feel like part of what The Last of Us did to make itself, at least visually and in a story context, different from those is that, if I'm not mistaken, aren't the monsters all kind of made by a fungus? Yes. They're not actually. Yeah, it's ground. Exactly. Exactly. And that's
0: kind of the thing that I loved about it is that it has a very. Grounded, which coincidentally is what the uh, like super hard mode of Last of Us is called. Grounded mode. It's a very grounded in reality. I feel like. Granted. Am I expecting this? I think it's called like the Cordyceps. Fun- cordyceps? That's not correct, but like something like that. Fungus is what it takes over. And it actually does, like, it's a real world thing and it takes over ants.
1: Uh, you know what's funny? There's an enemy in the original Pikmin that does exactly that. There's a mushroom that you can encounter. I remember you talking about this. And if it sprays out its spores, it brainwashes your Pikmin into attacking you. Oh, damn. So I know exactly what your pain is regarding yeah. The Last of Us. And so, you know,
0: the game is one that. Immediately begins in heartbreak, and you immediately feel that emotional gut punch. And I was like, Oh my God, okay, this isn't what I was oh, necessarily yeah. this expecting game this comes to be.
1: out of the gates to like, and it doesn't lighten in up in the
0: heart, no. you know. I mean, it has its, its moments and its moments, especially as Joel and Ellie grow closer together throughout their journey together. There are moments of where, you know, of, of levity in this oppressively dark and destructive world. Uh, but for the most part, it's a dark game. And but I love that it's it's this mix. There are plenty of moments where I was. Very sad. There were moments when I was happy. There were moments when I was scared. In like you know, you're just like, oh my god. There were moments I got frustrated because it was hard. But the, for the most of it, it never lost its fun. And I think that Neil Druckmann and the and the rest of the Naughty Dog team did a fantastic job. Like I just can't say it enough of how of how well they did with this game. So obviously, Last of Us Part Two is coming, and it, and this is actually a game. At the outset, when they finished, and I sat there watching through the credits, I was honestly like, "This is enough. I don't need anything else." And then, of course, they announced Last of Us Two, and I'm like, "I need it. Give it to me. Just direct, direct it in, directly into my veins. I'll direct- be great by by IV drip. Like that. That's just what I need." And especially now, as so we've seen more, we've seen now it's you know five years in the future, a more adult Ellie. Ellie looks even more of a fleshed out character than she was in the first one. It's going to be insane seeing how all this changes. I honestly cannot wait. Once they give us the damn release date, I'm gonna start a second play another playthrough of Last of Us. I've only played the game once.
1: Eventually. I know it is very far down the line, but I'm really looking forward to someday you and me having a conversation of should there have been a sequel? Because I feel like there are a number of games that both of us have played.
0: Oh, you just mean in general, not necessarily. Exactly, because you mentioned
1: that. You know, when you finish the original Last of Us, which is your number one game, you had that thought, this is enough. So I want us to eventually have an episode where that we would talk be a great about, episode. was it enough?
0: Maybe it should be after I play Last of Us Part Two.
1: I think so. Because I could, very mu-
0: that. I could very much be at the end of it like, I did not need that game. Like, you know, yeah, and, th- and that's a little bit of know. trepidation it, about it that.
1: It might really fall short of your expectations, and it may be the kind of thing where you go away from it thinking, man... I really wish they had just left it at that. So yeah. I feel like that's a conversation we should have at some point.
0: Yes, definitely. I agree. All right. But that's, I mean, without rehashing things, I've rehashed a billion times. That's about as much as I can go into The, into the Last of Us. But without The Last of Us. Without being into
1: just super-spoiler exactly, territory. Exactly. And
0: just nitty-gritty of the, of the story and what happens. But my God. If you have not had a chance to play this game yet, please go do it. It's if you have a PS3, it's super cheap on the PS3. They have re- did a remastered version store, for the PlayStation super 4. Inexpensive. Super
1: inexpensive. You, yeah, super
0: inexpensive. It goes on sale all the time. If you
1: Yeah, every holiday under the sun, any like Saint Patrick's like Day, they'll be like, yeah, it's on sale for
0: like 30%? $7 or something like that. Exactly. Please for the love of God, play this game. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that is my number one.
1: It's another game that has really good staying power. So excellent choice. Good.
0: It's not not going anywhere.
1: So can you guess what my number one is? I
0: honestly don't see. So I thought it was going to be a Zelda. I potentially thought it was. I I was confused. I meant to like when I knew it was either Wind Waker or uh, what was the other one I guessed before. Life Uh, is Strange. No, 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 no. The other Zelda. The other Zelda. Um,
1: A Link to the Past. A Link to the
0: Past. I thought it was going to be one of those two. So if it's not that, it's not Life is Strange, which I also honestly was considering might have been your number one.
1: Oh, it was so close. It was a rough time of me trying to hash out which I thought was going to make it into which slot. I'll give you a hint. We have definitely talked about it at length before. Okay, It is a game that you have played at least one of the two. It's Portal. It's Portal 2. Really? It's Portal 2. That is shocking to me. I mean, so, I know you
0: loved it, but that's shocking.
1: So here's the thing. When I was making my list, I knew that Portal 2 specifically, we actually talked about this kind of recently. Uh, it was we, in the Game Informer list. Yeah, oh, that's right. It was the Game Informer list. But it was list.
0: like way low and you were pissed. And
1: I was pissed. I was so <laughs>
0: mad
1: because it's horse apples that it was that low on the list. So Portal 2 is its own experience of gaming in such a way that it was incredibly hard to place in the rest of the list. You know, a lot of my entries span very different genres, they're very different experiences of gaming, and Portal 2, I feel like, is one of the ones that fits into its own category. I don't really know what you would even call Portal. What would you call Portal 2? At face value... You would call it a puzzle game. Yeah.
0: I mean that's But I when call you it, dig layman. a
1: little bit deeper, it has these incredible layers of strategy and of heart that make it a game that stays with you for years and years and years. And honestly, Portal 2 might not have made my list except that I was able to replay it again very recently uh, okay so uh portal 2 and portal itself are actually kind of hard to get your hands on nowadays because if you don't have the orange box collector's edition I'm pretty sure you can buy them
0: standalone you can, you can
1: get them on steam but okay. they're kind of hard to find for more modern consoles oh i see what you're saying because portal and portal 2 uh portal 2 would have come out for the ps3 Mm-hmm. And it's just the it. Ha, it's not the kind of game that has been very actively ported to PS4. Yeah, I don't think it's been so. It's just a little bit harder to find. But my mom recently told me, "Hey, I want our PS3 back. I want to replay all those old Tomb Raiders." And I was like, "No, mother, no. I need that. PS4! It's my sacred box. It's my sacred box." So I was like, "Oh fuck! I gotta replay Portal Two really fast," which is uh, something that is both a Really, I won't even say it's a con. It's a boon to Portal 2 that it's a short game. It is a boon to Portal that these are shorter games. Yes. So for anyone that's not familiar with Portal and with Portal 2, the whole context of the Portal games is that you are a person, Chell. Some people have said Shell. Uh her name is spelled C H E L L. That's Chell. Yeah. What did you just say, Shell? No, Chell. How dare you? I said okay, chill. Chill. just checking. I was chill. about to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you are this person, Chell, and you are awoken in what is presumably the far future, or at least a future in some capacity, into just a research facility. Like you wake up, and in the context of Portal Two, you wake up in what appears to be a standard apartment room, and you're like, "Huh, where am I?" And then you start hearing these electronic voices, these robotic AI voices that are like, "Hey." It's time for you to start your training. And the whole context of it is in this far future, in this specific lab, in this facility, you are basically part of a giant machine that is doing scientific research. And in Portal 1, and to a certain extent in Portal 2, you're... Caretaker, and I put that in very big air quotes, is this AI called Gladys. Some people say GLaDOS because it's G L A D O S. I say because it's easier. Uh, you are basically at the beck and call of this AI named Gladys. It is this female voice that is embodied by a very robotic I mean it's not a real creature, it's an it's a robot, it's an AI. And it wants you to perform all of these types of training and tests regarding portals, the key crux of the game. So the portal system involves a gun, so it is a first person game, and basically if you hit... I don't remember what the actual map controls are, but let's I say, for example... I think it's left click, right click. Yeah, it's just like left click, right click. So let's say that I'm on PlayStation and I do L1. That shoots out a blue portal. And initially, it's closed. It's just like an opaque blue oval on the screen. But if I then click R2 and I shoot out an orange portal... They both open Mm -hmm. because you have created a link that spans physics. You have created a direct link between point A and point B. And if you go through point A, you come directly out of point B. And what is initially an extremely simple concept is executed in such perfect mastery that I have been continuously surprised and delighted by how the game gets you to complete its puzzles. Because like I said, at its core portal is a puzzle game. So you're really every stage, every training facility is just you trying to get from point A to point B. It's like, Hey, you've just come through this door. You need to get to that door way over there. And you're like, well, shit how am i gonna do that it's hard sometimes because as chill you're really not a superhuman you have these things called i think like jump boots which enable you to fall from gate great heights and live but that's it there's no health bar there's no stamina you've just got your portal gun and your jump boots and you're trying to interact with the environment in exactly what it sounds like in the way that gets you from point a to point b but the physics of portal are what and portal 2 specifically are just what makes it next level amazing for me especially in the late game of portal 2 and i wouldn't really consider this a spoiler because it's more like mechanical factors of the game let's say for example that i need to get from here to way 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 over there if i just make a portal here I can't get it over there because there's not the type of compatible wall or ceiling or floor that enables me to put a portal up there, but I see that I have a ramp on my side, but how am I going to get enough momentum to get me to jump this huge, vast distance between point A and point B? Well, you have to use your portals, and in the case of portal two, these fascinating gels and liquids to use your portals in such a way that you're able to manipulate the environment that you can get this massive speed boost and just launch yourself from point A to point B and you're like, yeah. this uh-huh. is awesome, I'm flying! I I'm flying! And the game continues to do that in, again, what seems like such a simple concept, but it is uniquely... Displayed in such a way and enacted in such a way in each level that sometimes it's really not obvious yeah. what you're supposed to do. You're like, Fuck, how am I gonna do this? I don't know how it wants me to get from here to there. Right. And surrounding all of this very uh cerebral stimulation of, well, okay, I've got these puzzles to solve, how am I gonna do this? The game's greatest asset is it's very simple. These aren't pretty games. Portal is not a pretty game. Uh, These are old games by now. They're not attractive, really, at face value. Uh, But what it does to make the games incredibly connective for the player are the characters. Mm -hmm. So you as Chell, you're a totally silent protagonist. You make no sounds. You make no voice lines. You don't interact, really, with your environment at all beyond your ability to move around in the environment. Yeah. All of your context comes from outside forces, in the case of Gladys, and especially in Portal 2, Wheatley. And, actually, this is another thing that makes Portal 2 really stand out to me, in the sort of surrounding connective tissue of people that came before you. Cave Johnson especially is sort of like the founder of Aperture Science. He's the guy that made the facility in the first place that you're even in. And throughout the game, you pick up on all of these ways that you know, well, this is where his mind space was at when he made the training facility back in the 60s. This is kind of like an alternate reality Mm -hmm. kind of uh, thing. Back in like the 40s and 50s and 60s, this is what he was going for. He's kind of like a crazy mad scientist. His character alone is enough to carry Portal 2. When you combine that with Gladys and when you combine that with Wheatley, you're getting a script, a gaming script, that I have never found a direct comparison to. Interesting. I genuinely feel that Portal 2 has one of the best scripts of dialogue ever. I think it's the best. I think it's the best one out there. It manages to do humor, and disturbing information in equal parts. I feel like it manages to create a backstory and environment in a very natural way without forcing it down your throat. The world that Portal 2, and of course Portal, makes is just extremely unique. And I have yet to encounter another game that I feel is on its same level. It's not really like, well, here's here's the world, and... Here are all the games that I like in the world, and they go one, two, three, four, five. Right. It's like, here's the world, and over here, way kind of where like Saturn is, that's where Portal Two is. It just exists on its own time. And that's why I really struggled to place it in my top ten list. But the thing is, I have nothing bad to say about Portal Two. There's nothing that I can point to about that. It's a game. ten out of ten
0: masterpiece, in your opinion.
1: I, there's nothing that I can fault it for. Mechanically, it's very simple, but it's very easy to interact with. In terms of environment, it is extremely immersive. In terms of gameplay, it's incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. In terms of script and voice acting, 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, because isn't... I know Wheatley is Stephen Merchant, and then isn't Cave Johnson J.K. Simmons?
1: It is. It's J.K. Simmons. Yeah, Uh and the voice actress that does Gladys just does consistently... An incredible job. I mean, this is a game that's like got laugh out loud humor. Like I'll literally be at home, alone, playing Portal, just he hawing <laughs> he- it up because it's so funny. Yeah. It's so genuinely funny. And that's an experience that I have very rarely gotten in other games. And for Portal 2 to consistently be that funny on playthrough again, on redoing, I think it just Again, there's nothing that I can fault Just for. further cements it that with, it's near the one. With every other game on my list, there was something that I could fault it for. With Portal 2, I can't fault it for a single thing. Except maybe when you die, the load screen. Takes but that, yeah, but that's like an old thing. That's yeah, an old thing from gaming. If Portal 2 were made today with exactly the same systems, even the same graphics, but it just got rid of the load times, 100 out of 10. Perfect game. Nothing better. Boom. Portal 2. There you have
0: it. All right, so to round out our top three lists, me with number three was Star Wars Dark Forces. Mogan had uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Correct. Then I came back with number two, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mogan's number two was Life is Strange Season the 1. The
1: old Life is Strange.
0: And our number one games of all time are top ten for now. Who knows? We might play something better, but so f- I don't know how. It would have to be outstanding. My number one game of all time, The Last of Us and Mogan's Portal 2.
1: Portal 2, baby.
0: Boom. There you have it. So obviously we would love to hear your top ten games or top three games. How many top games you want to play Just to, or even just your top game of all Dude, time. Dude, you
1: can give us your top 100 if you really want to. If you want to get
0: that crazy, go for it.
1: Go for it, uh, We would love to
0: read them. Send us our way at teenchatpockets at gmail.com. Send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the different ways. Facebook, uh, YouTube comments, However, the ways on the internet allows you to get in contact with us, we would love to read them. So, or of course, send us our are right. now
1: the oh, yeah. open Discord.
0: Or the Discord. Send us a message over there. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot. Like, well, this is a longer series, and thank you for bearing with these slightly longer episodes that we've been having. We just have to, so much to say. We just have so much to say. So much to say. So many great things. And I think, though, you know, as the part to close this out, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight. And I think. Should we do one? I have a game in mind for this episode that we should do it from. Okay. Uh, I was thinking, I think a great one that would provide some excellent classic ditties would be from Wind Waker.
1: Oh. So I think we I should, would
0: our soundtrack spotlight happily, will be from. You know
1: what? I've already got one. Boom. Let's do Dragon Roost Island.
0: Dragon Roost Island. So the fun thing about this, and this actually ties in really well, and, I'll, and that's a gr- great pick. I recently went back for as best as I could collect and compile. I made a Spotify playlist of all of our soundtrack spotlights, song contests. We were doing the song contests and the songs that we've used in our soundtrack episodes and created one big happy Spotify playlist. So again, links out there on social media, ask us for it, send it your way, all that stuff. But I wasn't able to find all of them because some are either not on, not on Spotify, not the right version it's some stupid cover or something like that. Um, but anyway, from our first soundtrack episode, you did Wind Waker, and it was Dragon Root Island. So I think it's a great way to bring it all back together. Wait, did
1: I do Dragon Root? Oh, wait, hang on. So if there's one better,
0: but that was a great one. There's some other
1: really good ones. Okay. It's just that that's such an amazing track. I can't help but pick it twice. We can use the Wind Gods theme.
0: Wind Gods theme. Yes. All right. So, Soundtrack Spotlight for this week is the Wind Gods theme from The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker. So enjoy that after the close of this episode. But with that, it is time to draw this wonderful series. I love how much there has been change and difference in our top ten and that our games really do cover quite a big spectrum of, of all the different grown, games out Jared. there. We've we've grown and matured we've and grown. it's wonderful to see that uh, shown in our top ten games list. But please, send us your list. Send those our way. We'd love to read them. But until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Sayonara. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.